0: Welcome to the uh, Bucket Club podcast. We're up to episode 8. Um, Jay, you can find me on Twitter at TBCJ. Uh, and with me tonight, uh, we have a bit of a small crowd. We have uh, TC. Hello, I'm I'm
1: at the civil commentator. Or, yes, at the civil comment.
0: But uh, yeah, I'm not very civil today. We could try to look for you at the civil commentator and figure out that it's more than 15 characters and therefore it can't be an accurate uh, Twitter handle. And with us tonight, joining us, is Neil doing? Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm
2: happy to be here, and uh, nobody can find me anywhere, which is exactly how I like it. I'm no longer on Twitter, <laughs> in case you didn't know. And um, yeah,
0: that's uh, that's it. Yeah, you're 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 well messed, you're missed on Twitter. So, uh, oh, uh, anyone lie. anyone who comes to this from Twitter can li- listen to. Yeah. Neil's voice and think about what you've lost.
2: Lying is a sin, Jay, but I do, I have to say, I enjoy my new existence as a disembodied voice springing up from time to time in random podcasts, and I'm happy to be here with you tonight.
1: That was the only Thanks. reason I was on here tonight, was because
2: you were going to be here. See? I still got it.
1: And I really like Jay, too. He's
0: awesome. Basically, TC just wanted to, to show off that he has the, uh, the bigger beard. Every chance I get. <laughs> All right. Our first topic, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Ted Cruz is inching his way towards maybe possibly an endorsement of Donald Trump. Would it surprise anyone if Mr. Conservative, Mr. Principled, uh suddenly did the astonishing uh, turnaround from uh, spitting in his face at the convention to perhaps endorsing him?
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, isn't this more of a 360-degree turn than a 180-degree turn? Or maybe it's
0: 540, or I can't keep track anymore.
2: Who even knows? I mean, the, the important thing is that Ted Cruz's most dedicated supporters will find a way to excuse his capitulation to a man who insulted his wife And insinuated that his father assassinated Kennedy they always find a way to preserve Ted from any blame or from any hint of wrongdoing meanwhile everyone else can see very clearly what this man is it's it's actually it's a really just it's a mystifying thing to me to watch this but in answer to your first question no I'm not surprised. Nobody <laughs> yeah, should be
0: surprised. Only anyone here would be surprised.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I think I've been known to be very critical of Ted Cruz from time to time. I'm not sure if people know about that, but I've said some pretty harsh things about Mr. Cruz in the past. But, I mean, I, I'm resisting mightily just the urge to reactivate my Twitter account just to say, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I told you so. I, honestly, I'm going to share with you, gentlemen, a dream of mine. And <laughs> it's a very small, petty dream. It's, um, it's not a good dream. It's, it's about myself and my ego. I think nothing would give me more satisfaction than to see a bunch of people on Twitter just start randomly tweeting, Neil doing was right about Ted Cruz all along. <laughs> and just <laughs> just have that just sweep through twitter and start a massive brush fire of you know cruise rubio war cruise everybody war everybody hates cruise everybody loves cruise so if you're listening just, to this
0: uh, and you want to make neil happy then then start some kind of a hashtag neil was right about about tad or something you don't
2: even have to hashtag it i mean you can you can put a hashtag on there but like just say, Neil DeWing was right about Ted Cruz all along. It will irritate all the right people.
1: How, do you, uh, how will you know that it's been a success? You're not on Twitter. I have my spice. Oh. <laughs> one, of the okay. worst
2: thing, one of the worst things about being such a friendly person and making so many acquaintances on Twitter is that from time to time someone will show me something that concerns me. And it's um, <laughs> like I appreciate the gesture. But I am trying to kick the habit. But in the case of the personal destruction
0: of Ted Cruz, I am always open to seeing. And then there's, I mean, there's two questions also that I kind of have. I mean, Ted Cruz has to do this, in my opinion, because his base down in Texas, uh, even even if they kind of like him, uh, nobody appreciated the way he went ahead and and did that at the convention. Uh, his polling numbers. Drop like a that, rock after that in Texas. Can I, can I interrupt you just for one sure. second to say,
2: genuinely, no sarcasm, that was the best thing Ted Cruz ever did, in my opinion. Like, I was, I was, frankly, I was admiring him for that. But
0: just quick in. I order, did too, yeah. I mean, genuinely. Uh, genuinely.
1: I lost yeah, my one no, Trump follower
0: over there. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, uh, but on a practical level, uh, the, you know, where the minority, the never Trumpers, uh, some, something like 80% of the Republican Party is going to vote for Trump, even if they don't particularly like him. Uh, he's their nominee, and they don't, and they're not really big fans of the uh, the, the the Republicans who are uh, actively working against uh, Trump. It's you know just the nature of the way tribalism works. So Ted Cruz flipping now again would be clearly doing it to um, shore himself up for 2018 for his primary, his next center race. I kind of feel like that's run. what
1: everybody's done though. I mean, yeah, Paul Ryan and Rubio and, and all that.
0: Well, yeah, with I Harry, think that was pretty ridiculous, ridiculous too, true, but they, they've all kind of played this, this same thing. Just none of them have um, turned so many times, I think is the problem. Yeah. And, uh, and right. I mean, that's kind of also the question. If that was, that was a great moment, like you no, know, but if it was a, a moment of principle and where was that principle a year before that, And where's that principle now when he's closing up to Trump again? Absolutely right. The thing that you have to remember about Ted Cruz is that he doesn't
2: actually possess any principles. The only principle that he really does value is his own advancement. His entire public career and indeed most of his adult life has been spent in service to this deluded fantasy that somehow he should be president. Everything, every public action that Ted Cruz undertakes should be viewed in this light. It sounds simplistic, but it is the driving force of Ted Cruz's life. If Ted Cruz could run for president as a secular progressive, I firmly believe that he would. It's not about so much what he's selling people on. It's about getting them to pull the lever for him and empower him. Always has been. Well, that's why and I found so
1: curious. About, Sorry, go ahead it, now. Well,
2: but the thing about Ted Cruz that's different from somebody like Rick Perry, who literally called Trump a cancer and then endorsed him, or Marco Rubio, who beat up on Trump probably better than anybody else in the Republican debates, really got under his skin, then flamed out and endorsed Trump like an a- I mean, I just want everybody to know if, 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 you know, if you criticize Ted Cruz, you're often accused of being a Rubio fanboy or something like that. I hate Marco Rubio's guts, and I will never vote for Marco Rubio for president. So just, I, I hate mm-hmm. Marco Rubio almost as much as I hate Ted Cruz, just slightly less because Marco Rubio is marginally more physically attractive than Ted Cruz, who has the repulsive face <laughs> of a baby mole rat that has been suddenly ejected from its burrow and then torn apart by an eagle. Oh, then hastily well, stitched well, we'll together again ahead. by a four-year-old. <laughs>
1: Oh, my. That's a very uh, vivid image there. That's,
0: that's hey, well, it, the, the last the last point about Ted Cruz. I mean, is there a way for Ted Cruz, before we go on to the next topic, is there a way for him to um, endorse, assuming he does endorse, because he could just play this game of just, you know, kind of play footsie until the um, until the election without actually endorsing, which is would be very Ted Cruz as well. But is there a way for him to actually endorse and stay consistent and say, well, you know, you know, Kind of play with what Eric Erickson was doing, just like the reverse. Um, I, I searched in my heart, and and my principal decided that uh, you know that we can't have Hillary, and therefore we must have Trump, and my my something right. I don't know. And then you know, then of course I'll we'll have to sleep on the couch until the uh, until the election. But uh, is there? Do you think he can pull it off? Another spin around? Well, is there a way for him to say, well, no, I'm not changing my mind. I'm just. Uh, this is actually my conscience. You know, he said vote my vote your conscience. Uh, I think the
1: people that are going to stick with him and, and vote for him are the ones that have been with him from the beginning and believe. they're going to just – Yeah, uh, they're energized by him. And they think that he says the right things and will do the right things. And to some extent, I kind of think that if Ted Cruz were to get into office as president, he would probably be somewhat steadfast in doing what he said, but I think it would be to the detriment of the country. Well, he
0: would be very steadfast in in doing whatever he thinks Mark Levin wants him to do, I think.
2: Well, and, and here's the other thing about that, Tim. You said if Ted Cruz were to become president, that will never happen. This has been... Okay, look, Ted Cruz... Well, I agree, I agree. Ted Cruz has all the right ideas. He says all the right things to give, you know, real committed conservatives, you know, just the biggest woody. What? Okay, so... But the problem is that he is a uniquely terrible spokesman for those ideals. He is a not just physically repellent, but also um, somewhat morally repellent individual. And you cannot win the presidency with a vessel like Ted Cruz. I'm sorry, that's not fair, but that's life. Ted Cruz lacks the charisma to become president of the United States. He has just enough charisma to be a real force for conservative reform in the Senate, but he prizes his ambition over making actual contributions to the movement, as his entire public career
0: has demonstrated. Thank you. Okay, okay I think that kind of sums up our discussion of Neil doing's, uh doppelganger. And you... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, our, next, our next topic is going to be the uh, situation with Professor Glenn Reynolds. A, I think he's a comment well, until today, was a columnist for USA Today. Uh, he's been suspended now. Uh, he was briefly suspended from Twitter because he tweeted in reaction to, uh, to protesters being on the highway in, uh, in Charlotte uh, last night. He tweeted uh, something like, run them down. That's exactly what Uh, he tweeted. Right, which was perceived uh, by many, including myself, as a provocative um, call to attack protesters and not, as perhaps he intended it or other people have interpreted it, as uh, self-defense against rioters. So this raises several topics, such as is this censorship by Twitter? Is this censorship by USA Today? Yeah, what's your thoughts? Oh, my
1: thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. I guess I have a lot of thoughts. I guess people who follow me, uh, like you, would have seen that I had a lot of thoughts on that today. But uh, what concerns me is that the way it was written down was just, run them down. The way he tweeted it was, run them down. And there was no... his, His excuse later on was that, well, there's only 140 characters. And, you know, in fact, he was quoting a tweet and then commented, run them down. So he was shortened by... I think he was probably shortened by maybe twenty, twenty-five characters, something like that. So we only had a hundred characters to put into context what he wanted to say. But run them down to me appears an in incitement of a hey, just go ahead and attack these writers no matter you know who they are, or if they're if they're out there, just run them down. And for this for the people who are the pardon the maybe the term, but the sane ones out there I think that most people can look at that and say, well, he probably wasn't trying to say, hey, go out and commit crimes to kill rioters. However, based on what I found on Twitter, there are other people out there who took the run them down statement to mean, yeah, we should go out there and kill all these people. You know, And I saw one particularly offensive tweet that, um, that somebody retweeted into my timeline, uh, which was the front of a, a semi truck that had blood splattered all over it, making reference to the semi-driver having just driven through Charlotte without a problem. And uh, to me, that speaks to the depravity of some of the people out there on the right. Uh, I know there's pray people on the left, and it sickens me as a Christian to, to put up with stuff like that. And when you try and call people out on Twitter who call themselves Christians for in you know standing in favor of something like that, then you get kind of the blowback that well you you're judging what he said or you know people are aren't defending what he said they're just trying to defend him a whole mix of things and it just i just found it aggravating and actually beyond aggravating it it anchored me a great deal
2: well i uh i missed the whole thing but um i um i support twitter's right to ban whoever they choose to ban from their platform twitter is a service it's not It's not something that we're entitled to use. Uh, I wish Twitter would ban more people, um, including some of the very prominent figures uh, on the right and left who routinely um, give shelter uh, to some of the worst ideas uh, in our politics. Um, Ideas that really can harm people, if not physically,
0: then spiritually. Absolutely. Um yeah, and I think uh <clears throat> I think that uh, Instapundit, um we I don't know if we've called him that yet, but yeah, that's who he is on uh on Twitter, uh Instapundit dot com. Have that website anymore? I don't even know. Uh he's at USA Today mainly. But he um has become over the past year or so um a a pretty hard bitten Trumpist and uh he's He's cozied up with a lot of uh, I don't know I mean some of some of the characters that you know very prominent figures in the alt right that he has retweeted uh, no. or you know you know the idea is that he's that he's uh, and it, it very much disappointed me to see uh, when he was suspended the the people that defended him as as you know as if he, as if he was being conservative because I don't see him as conservative anymore I no. see him as. No, and and you guys. I mean,
2: when did you when did you start getting involved in in all this conservative media world? Uh, I don't know. A lot, maybe a year ago, and then off yeah. and on two or three years ago. And Jay, how about you?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I've I've been on Twitter since 2014. I started writing on Medium um, about uh, about exactly a year ago, maybe a bit okay. more.
2: But you've been, I mean, have you been like reading, you know, political news or? Yeah, I've
0: been reading political news for years. Uh, Yeah. uh, A lot of those that are very prominent on Twitter I had never heard of. Okay, uh, so, okay, okay. So that's, yeah. So
2: Reynolds has, uh, for many years, been uh, very well regarded in the conservative media world because he, he kind of came along at that right time when people still went to daily blogs you know they, they had their bookmarks and they would go to a blog and they'd go to a blog and they would go to a blog blah 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 and you know uh, instapundit he he made it onto a lot of people's bookmarks and so in the early days of online you know journalism etc a uh, a a link from instapundit could crash your website traffic means dollars Wow, and so and so, there's a lot of goodwill built up about someone like Instapundit, and a lot of people don't want to believe the worst about someone who has shown them a personal kindness or supported their career, or done this or done that, um, and so I think again, I'm generalizing because I, am not on Twitter, I I, I think that's probably the case here is that. His friends and people who know him uh, and who have worked with him and who have benefited monetarily from the traffic that he brings to their websites or brought to their websites, uh, they want to overlook this clearly reckless language. And what was
0: interesting of- to me also was that not only was he being defended by you know the, the blogger class, but also some very prominent... Um, um, I'm not going to say their names, but uh, one particular was a writer for the Wall Street Journal, not, not someone who uh, I'd identified with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I would identify with, uh, with the fringes of the internet, but a very respectable person. Uh, no, I mean, who, he's, he's
2: very well regarded, and, and this, uh, these are relationships that go back a decade or more to, to, again, the very early days, which I missed. I only know about them secondhand. But but it's it's personal relationships blinding people, I think, to some really poor judgment on the part of Reynolds.
1: Well, and there's that part too, which I, I didn't get really much of a chance to point out on Twitter today, but I feel like there's probably some people who are defending him that know him personally, that have a personal relationship, have had lunch, dinner, you know, whatever with him, had personal time with him defending him. And if you know somebody personally, you can defend them with a little bit more integrity, But there's a lot of people out there who are defending what he said, not because they know him personally, but because they followed him, he said something that they agree with, he's written something that they agree with, and so that's why they're defending him. And I, I termed it as hero worship, and some people didn't like that terminology. But that's what I feel like it is. Is that there are people defending
0: him simply because it's hero worship it has nothing it's to not do just with. just hero worship. Also, to add, I mean, it's it's basically people are are taking um, the lead from him. If if a prominent guy like that says you can just drive your car into a crowd, then uh, then I can say it too. Right. The, it,
2: there is also the aspect of this free speech uber alles thing that has that has cropped up on the right since GamerGate and all that nonsense. Where, where they've made something of a fetish of being able to say any provocative or disgusting thing that they, that they want, and then when someone gets offended, that is what amuses them. They, they, the game becomes not to be able to express themselves freely, but to sort of abuse the right to free speech merely to antagonize people. You know, and, and it actually does cheapen the, um, the entire... First Amendment mm-hmm. to do that. It, it really is. It's an abuse of of the right to free speech. But that's part of what's playing into this, I think.
0: Right. Yeah. But. I mean, there is also somewhat of a legitimate concern that Twitter is not even uh, in the way they apply things. Uh, in that, uh, I mean, I've you know, if if they will crack down on on a, a comment like this or on uh, on Milo uh, when and I agree and I think they should crack down on this. Uh, but then, you know, if I um you know, I'm Jewish and uh when I uh whenever, you know, the, the alt right um, you know, Twitter Nazis uh get mad at me, all of a sudden I get, you know, hundreds of pictures of uh of Jews in ovens and stuff like that. Right. Uh which is not very fun to get. I mean it's just, you know, downright unpleasant. So you spend and you, you can go ahead and, and mute them all. Well, um, what's that's not something that Twitter should 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 let. I mean, and and what's uh,
2: uh, what's more disheartening, I think, is when you report those accounts to Twitter. And I have I've reported and, them. All and the you lines. send them the, you send them the links, and they review them, and they come back and they, "Well, they said they were going to stuff you in an oven and and you know smother your entire family, but we can't really find any evidence of any violation of the terms of service." So nothing happens to these people. It seems that this Twitter Truth and Reconciliation Committee or whatever the hell it is, it seems, it seems they only target certain prominent individuals, which is not a terrible tactic because a person like Milo, he acts as sort of a locus for all this bigotry and sure. hatred. He draws it to himself, right. and, but
0: then and you then also have theory. people like that on the left and people like that on in the alt right that are you For know sure. much more deeper than Milo was ever in in the in the alt right, uh, and and nothing.
2: Yeah, but again, if Twitter wants to yeah. be uh, a leftist social media platform, that's within their rights. And I can only say to people who are dissatisfied with Twitter's uneven application of their own terms of service, you can quit.
0: It's not that <laughs> bad. <laughs> My basic thing is that you know I can deal with with muting um, with muting the Nazis and uh, and so on and uh, people are scared that they will be targeted you know you won't be targeted by Twitter uh, if you if you behave yourself and if you act like if you treat people on Twitter the way you would treat people in normal life there's absolutely no reason why uh, you know if you want the right to just you know say all sorts of nasty things then I, I can't help you that's not that's not my concern.
2: No, you're absolutely right about that and and that's one of the scarier things about Twitter these days is that on the flip side, if you are merely a normal person expressing your opinion politically, even if it's respectful, even if it's a little bit heated but not necessarily beyond the pale, some mindless tribalist can google your name, find your LinkedIn profile, find out where you work, call your office or a place of employment and make a completely fabricated complaint against you to your HR department. And if you are in a, an at-will employment state, for instance, they can just let you go for any reason. So what has happened to myself and to other people is that these calls do get made. And it really becomes a it's a chilling effect for actual free speech and the actual exchange of ideas. It's because um, Twitter doesn't pay my mortgage, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why uh, I will never be on social media or even uh, writing. I mean, I just, you know, I just broke out this week in, in, in National Review, so that's a really um, big moment for me. Uh, I won't do it onto my own name. Uh, because you know that's gonna be linked to my to my social media, and it's not that hard for them to 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 find that. No, and uh, and then come after me, come after my place of work, uh, come after find my address. Uh, you know, I have young children. That's just not. Yeah, I've had my address.
2: Tweeted. Right. I've had my address tweeted at me. You know, I mean, comes- and you,
0: you you live in a place. I mean, I don't know. Do you have do you have? Uh, are you a Second Amendment guy? Uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm- I don't own any guns, right? Uh, you know, what it like, asking. I mean, I'm a big like... supporter of the Second Amendment, uh, but uh, I don't have any guns. It would be a pain in this, in the city, and it's just not just yeah. not who I am. It's just just culturally, I'm I'm yeah. a city boy. Exactly, um, exactly. I
2: mean, my guns. I used to have some, and like <laughs> dropped them over the side of uh, of a boat. I mean, I was fishing. Just they went right into the lake. It's crazy
0: yeah so yeah I mean it's a very uh legitimate concern to have that uh that there are Twitter mobs and there are social media mobs and uh I'm not sure if we're, you know how we got to this but yeah i mean it's it's definitely a topic in its own right almost um that uh that people will um you know and and especially you know kind of when people say uh, call me you know like a coward for for being anonymous it's like I, I don't know i mean it is a um is a, a, you know, someone going into war with Kevlar on a coward? It's a legitimate... There's a, there's, a
2: difference, there's a difference between writing anonymously as you do and undertaking a campaign of harassment uh, under a pseudonym so that you can't be punished or otherwise um, brought, to, brought to heel. Uh, there's, a, there's a clear moral difference between those two approaches to um, keeping your identity private. So that's such complete crap.
0: That's true. Although I did see, uh, I mean, there's really, in terms of enforcement, uh, if you force people to put real names on it, uh, you can't actually enforce that. Like Facebook thinks they do. Uh, People can just make up names. And um, I did see a study somewhere that showed that people were not, um, people using actual names. I don't know if it meant real names or just, you know, names were not at all. No. I mean, Um, if you, if, before i deleted my my twitter account if
2: you had reviewed the the words ted cruz looks like and and searched tweets from my account you know with that phrase you would have found some of the most vile disgusting hilarious things you would ever read about that miscreant and um, i'm not proud of it but it does prove your point i was writing all of those tweets under my own name didn't stop me at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and one thing, uh, while we're kind of on the topic of anonymity, I just something that I've been thinking about for a while, so I'm just gonna say now. There's the persona they create on on the internet, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you know, on, on the corners of 4chan or whatever it is. It becomes a something that's it becomes real in a way. Uh, so if you you know, should we, should we say him by name or you know, aerial blogger who. Who went completely insane and burnt all his bridges with with his former friends? Uh, I think whoever's listening to that and know who he is will know who I'm talking about, and I'm not going to mention him by name. You know, take guy like that, who was completely anonymous but still had his persona uh, on the internet. Uh, he had a he had a, a a reputation, and he completely burnt it uh, by falling apart on the on over the past year or so and and lashing out at, at everyone that was formerly his friend. So that's, that's you know, a cautionary tale that you can develop a reputation uh, if you are an egg who curses at random people uh, and have you know, very few followers you're not going to get more followers than that um, people aren't going to like you if you are um, you know, if you develop a reputation you can develop a reputation without your real name but that reputation is tied to how you behave and the moment you stop that then, then you can ruin that absolutely true have here stop and frisk against it i'm against it you're against stop and frisk um i mean i'm uh, it's been uh, i think that stop and frisk um is unpopular and uh when it's there's the impression whether it's true or not that minorities are targeted and minorities were targeted so it's not just the impression uh, that's something that builds a rift between police and and the people that they are uh policing and that's a big problem However, in a limited form, the concept of stop question and frisk, because that's what it was, it wasn't stop and frisk. The majority of people my my understanding is the majority of people who are stopped were not frisked. Uh it's merely, you know, a way an officer stops and and strikes up a brief conversation. Uh and I think that if you can reduce the stigma somewhat and the idea of beat cops who go around, you know, in the in the worst places and just strike up conversations with people who kind of look suspicious. It, it's really not, I think it's been maligned. You know, and one thing people forget is <laughs> Stop and Frisk is still going on in New York. Yeah, under de Blasio, you know, the ultimate, you know, SJW um, mayor, uh, he campaigned against Stop and Frisk. Yeah, I, I think it's something like 20,000 people were stopped in 2015 and I don't even notice it anymore because it's down from the ridiculous half a million people a year under Bloomberg. So, yeah, I'm going to say that in limited areas, stop-and-frisk can be a good strategy. Uh, it is, of course, not something that I would recommend imposed on any community, and uh, it is absurd to have you know, national policing um, standards. So, yeah, my take is a little bit different. Uh, any, any quick comments on that, or should we just go to the question of the week? No, I, think I think that's a well-considered comment. Okay, so now we come to the question of the week. Our question of the week will is what uh, what do you put in coffee? Uh, I'm going to start. Um, I put milk, and that's it. I put uh, cream and sugar for my first cup, but in the
1: uh, subsequent cups I have black
0: really that's, that's interesting. Why is that? Uh, it just
1: doesn't taste as good with the cream and sugar afterwards, plus I'm getting older, and my metabolism is slowing down, so I'm trying to not gain too much weight
0: mm-hmm i mean i I actually cut out sugar when I was briefly on a diet at one point, um, and I found I liked it better. I liked it better with with the, you know with not as sweet so i used to, I never put a lot of sugar I just put like one teaspoon, but I found I liked it uh better with the brief uh, bitterness uh, Neil, what do you put in your coffee
2: uh, three demitasse spoons of sugar and a splash of milk, two percent whole milk, sometimes half and half if i 'm feeling fancy. But generally speaking, that's that's right about where I like it.
0: I mean, that much sugar in your coffee, like, why
2: not just go for hot cocoa? No, 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 no. They're demitasse spoons. Demitasse spoons. They're very tiny Wait, little what spoons. spoons. What? They're they're smaller than baby spoons. They're a little tiny. Uh, they're, very sophisticated. sophisticated. They're yeah. They're like the kind of the kind of spoons that you'd see in like a salt pig or something.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So that's like altogether a little less than But all right. So oh, yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. have you know uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame. I'm sure we we you know. Could have had someone on here with some bad opinions about coffee, like putting in stuff like French vanilla and ridiculous absurd things like that.
2: I like Starbucks. Oh, boy. Tim. Oh, God. Starbucks what? Oh no, All of it. I like all the Starbucks. Oh, geez. The
0: flavors? <laughs> I, find, I mean, the flavors.
2: I, I think they uh, – I, mean, I just like their regular drip coffee. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> You're killing me. I had to get you back for the beard envy, man. All right. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so uh, thanks, uh, thanks everyone, for listening. You've been listening to the Bucket Club Podcast, uh, Episode 8. I am Jay. Uh, you can find me at TBCJ. And thanks for joining me, TC. Thank you. And Neil, thanks for joining us. It was my sincere pleasure. I
2: shall return. sorry is this a g-rated podcast you're gonna have to start using that bleep button buddy